Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of, and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also, visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every week, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts and everything in between. My guest today is an American professional boxer, wrestler, bodybuilder, martial artist, and actress. She won the first ever Tough Woman competition, was a professional boxer in the IFBA, has competed on ESPN, starred in two pay-per-views, and was featured in Sports Illustrated, Muscle and Fitness, and USA Today. She was also a fitness competitor, winning the Fitness America California pageant and placing fourth nationally. She also competed as Dallas on the original American Gladiators. Please welcome to the show today, Shannon Hall Girolamo. How are you doing today, Shannon? Hey, good. How are you, Brian? Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for agreeing to it. It's but I'm kind of on my my gladiator streak. I, I originally oh. originally went out there to see. I wonder if any of them did martial arts. And then suddenly I found out like four to five of them did martial arts. So I'm trying to reach as many of them I can. And I've been lucky to, to interview two so far and you're my third and, and I'm working on a fourth. And so kind of, Wonderful. kind of excited. I, I, it's, I love the kind of variety. And like I said, my, my whole goal with the show when it started was to get as wide a variety of guests as I could, you know, people who weren't necessarily known as martial artists mixed in with people who were known for martial arts and been, it's been cool talking to people with the varied backgrounds and especially people that uh, I was a fan of and used to watch on TV. That's always fun too. So <laughs> excited to talk oh, to you. <laughs> very, very well. If I was there, we could, we could do some conquer and I would like take you down and wrestle you. So <laughs> probably if I was there, I'd butt. give you the full experience. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guarantee you'd kick my butt. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I did some jujitsu. So you better, you better take down defense, buddy. You better have a good one. There we go. Yeah. No, I'd rather do assault. I mean, you know, I used to, I used to play paintball, so I think I'd be good with assault. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so you like to be hit. See, you don't have a gun. I'm the only one with a gun. So you're just saying you like the pain. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> nice. You want to deal with the pain without the contact. Okay, I got you. I got your number now. Well, kind of what we like to do with all my guests, I want to go back to the very beginning. I want to know, like, you know, what age and where did that first spark come from that got you interested in martial arts and what kind of kicked off that part of your life? Um, yeah, so I was a gymnast early on. So my flexibility and uh, athleticism came from gymnastics. I was very tall and skinny in school and started doing gymnastics and it gave me balance. It gave me some strength. Uh, and from then on, I started weight training and that led to, uh, I was born in Arkansas and moved to Dallas, Texas in the early nineties. Uh, did some bodybuilding. I made the gladiators through there, moved to LA, uh, did the, uh, Los Angeles, uh, TV gladiators with Samuel Goldwyn. That moved me to Florida doing the live show. And that was in 1995 through 98. And that is where I met my first Muay Thai instructor, David Crapes. Okay. So the Gladiators show brought in a Muay Thai instructor just to make us better, oh, make really? us better fighters, you know, just just mentally more sound. I mean, they wanted to put the arts into the Gladiators. I mean, we're real fighters. And mm -hmm. so they just wanted to give us more skill. And some some took to it and some didn't. And I took to it like a fish to water. So the instructor came up afterwards. David uh, was my coach. And he's like, you hit harder than the guys, too, than all the <laughs> girls. He goes, you are something special. And I said, well, I was raised in Arkansas. 
I've been kicking my boyfriend's asses since I was 15. So I guess that really, I guess that I kind of progressed into this. Anyway, long story short, I fell in love with it, started training with David on the side, and that led to me boxing. So the oh, reason wow. I did the Tough Woman World Championship in 98 is because I'd been kickboxing with Dave and he's like, hey, there's $10,000 here. All you just put gloves on and hit people in the face. That's nice. it. That's it. You've never boxed before. This is perfect. So you know what? I flew up there and kicked everybody's ass and came home with 10 grand and won a pro boxing contract. So the martial arts got me to the boxing, but I continued to train uh, and then switched over to some Sanchao tournaments that were also in Orlando. And I won the Sanchao shell the women's tournament there after I won the tough woman thing and so I continued my martial arts journey but I didn't do that professionally because there's no way to make money doing it at that time right so I continued with the arts but just kept boxing for the money okay so now did you before you did the boxing did you ever do any kickboxing competition or just the training uh, the Guo San Shao is full contact Chinese kickboxing. Okay, but that was a- that was after the boxing or before? Um, that was it was all about the same time. Okay. So it was after I started training with David, the Muay Thai. Um, I believe it was two years after that. So two years after doing that, you know, mu- Muay Thai is a little different than kickboxing. But I also had mm-hmm. another coach. Ruben Morales, that was a kickboxing coach. So he's the one that took me and started teaching me the San Shell. I actually trained with Kung Lee oh, wow. uh, at the Wushu tournament, but he got me ready for the tournament beforehand. I mean, like like the day before. It's like, I'm like, what am I doing here? He's like, okay, <laughs> here's the rules. I was like, this guy's famous. So so I had two instructors. So I had a Muay Thai and a kickboxing coach. So that was all around 95 through 98. So I had some really good training during that time. Where do you think you took the hardest hit, boxing or, or the kickboxing? Oh, definitely boxing. Yeah. I mean, boxing is insane um, because there was not really any girls boxing and I only had guys to spar with. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really wear headgear. I went to the gym like a dumbass without my coach all the time. And I was trying to make myself tough and there was no girls. It's all boys. So I sparred with guys and I just thought if I could push myself through this. And believe me, when I first started, I cried a lot mm-hmm. when I first got in fights with boys. And then I realized, oh, this only hurts my feelings. It doesn't really hurt my head and that, then I turned psycho. I'm like, ah, <laughs> now I went through the, the emotional part. Now all y'all's dead. So so I started training and getting through that. Definitely the boxing and, and the training with the guys. Martial arts is the beautiful part of it. It's the balance. It's the more for the of the yin part for me, the arts are. The boxing's very yang and getting your ass kicked and all that. So definitely the boxing, just because of the sparring aspect of it. It's no joke. Yeah. And, and the workout. I love the boxing workout. I my, my, love it. My friend runs a boxing gym and I went through a couple of its workouts when I was younger and kicked my butt. I mean, it's just tough. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It just, there's nothing better. Absolutely nothing better. And I love the fact, you know, maybe it's getting more and more now, but I mean, back then it's, you're one of the few that didn't get involved in martial arts as a kid. You know, it's like so many of my guests, I started when I was four, when I was five, when I was 10, uh, whatever, but it, more and more that are doing it, you know, as an adult, which is kind of cool. Cause I think a lot of people, yes. you know, like the karate kid and movies like that, it, you know, like I think when Bruce Lee came out, more adults got into it then, but then with the Karate Kid and Ninja Turtles, it was all more geared towards kids. So not yeah. like even my mom, my mom joined in her forties and got her black belt. It was hard to talk her into it. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so that, that's really, was there any, I mean, obviously you were doing it. So there was no trepidation at all. Like, I'm too old for this. You just like, no, I'm doing this. I love it. No. Yeah. You know, I think the kids do it. The parents put the kids into it for a discipline. It's a great foundation, you know, and, and a self-esteem builder. But for adults, when they get into the arts, they're also looking for something. They're looking for a discipline. They're looking for, actually, basically it's the same thing. Discipline, self-esteem to get in shape. Um, 
Um, but there is no wrong time to start the martial arts. And that is why I'm actually getting this honorary black belt from the Sport Karate Museum. I've been uh, offered the award. And the reason for this honorary black belt is for those individuals who have fought competitively or coached extensively and made an impact in the martial arts world that doesn't have a black belt. So with everything that I've done and all the training I've done, including the jiu-jitsu, I'm a black belt level athlete. And so that is why I'm getting this honorary black belt because I didn't start as a kid. I was, you know, I'm an OG. I don't think, I don't know if they even had it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 53 years old. So I was never in a school or in a class. I always took the classes and did the training uh, with the coaches or I rolled with everybody in jiu-jitsu, but was never had the structure like that. So for kids, I think the structure is important, but for the adults, just the experience and the training and being with a cool group of people is important because, you know, you, you are who you run with. And sometimes when you're lost or maybe don't have a good job or not in a good relationship, you want to go to a dojo mm-hmm. where there's strong people, positive people and a support system that you might not have anywhere else. So for adults, that is where, you know, you go to get that if you can't get it anywhere else. Right. And for me, that's what I did too. That's awesome. And so you mentioned never really did the classes. So it was pretty much all your training was more one-on-one. Yes. Uh, I think I dated half of my instructors. <laughs> so I think I dated all my martial arts teachers and instructors. I mean, that's just the, that was just my type. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the guys that I dated back in the day, I don't know if you remember who he is, but do you remember a guy named Harold Diamond uh, yes. that was in Rambo? Yep. Um, so Harold was the guy, the, I think it was the Pent Jack Sealot. I think they were fighting um, in Thailand, the stick fighting. Yep. Well, I dated Harold uh, for a summer or maybe for a year or whatever. And in dating him, I mean, we trained all the time. He showed me how he meditates, the training and the kicks. And we just, our relationship was a training, beautiful relationship. I mean, he's just hardcore. I still talk to him on a regular basis. He's wonderful. He's in Thailand now. So he's retired in Thailand and doing online training. But my point was, my heart has always been going toward that and wanting to learn. So like I said, not going into schools, but because I lived it, these guys did the movies. You know, Harold does martial arts movies. This other guy's an instructor and a fighter. So Mm-hmm. Mine was in school. I was a student, like in, in real life fighters, just kind of, you know, intermingling like that, real deal stuff. And that's one thing that I've always noticed. I mean, I'm all for group classes. I, I love them. I've done mostly group classes, but also you get so much more out of a one-on-one. I mean, I, you know. Oh, for sure. I had a student I was training privately once that I took through his whole first belt level. And that usually would have took three to four months. I mean, I got him. Obviously, he had to wait till he was ready, but I mean, I got him. He knew all the technique in three weeks. And had it done oh my gosh. perfect yes. <laughs> just because we were doing one-on-one training five days a week. That's why, you know what, he's, he probably had his own journey. And some people do want the classes to, and to be around a people. Some people do it better in a class structure. You know what I'm saying? So yes. there's people that get the one-on-one that are fortunate enough to be able to afford that or to meet someone that wants to train them. I think where my thing was, I didn't pay for it because they knew. I mean, I, I'm a superstar, dude. I'm a fighter. I, I'm out there and on TV. I'm doing all this stuff. And they knew that there was a reason for me wanting to do this. It wasn't for me to pay somebody just to get a belt. Just I'm out there fighting. I, I use it to fight. And I use it to compete. And so I guess mine was different. But like you said, the one-on-one, I learned really, really fast and, and then got through in the ring. So I had to learn fast, sink or swim, fight or die. <laughs> so nice. that was my motivation. I didn't want to get my ass kicked. So I had to learn really quick or I would have got my ass kicked. So, yeah. That's some good motivation. I like it. So you now, bet. Now, did you, now you mentioned, so you did the, the Sancho tournaments, you did kickboxing, you did boxing. What was yeah. next? Was there, did you pick up, start picking up more martial arts? What are some other styles you got into after that? 
that? Yeah, jiu-jitsu. Uh, so I started doing wrestling uh, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. My ex-husband is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, um, and he was a world champion wrestler uh, from New Mexico. So once I started doing that, my marriage brought me to a grappler. So, you know, my husband, like I said, was a wrestler. And so then I started going to the wrestling tournaments and put my son into the wrestling. And then I started wrestling with him. See, there we go again. Because my husband did it, we worked out all the time. So he taught me freestyle, uh, the freestyle, not Greco, but more the freestyle stuff. And I mean, he made me pass out several times. I mean, I've never been knocked out before, but I mean, he's so, so good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's where I learned that. That brought me to jujitsu. So then the mixed martial arts started going off. And I was like, man, if I just didn't have kids 20 years (laughs) earlier, me and me and uh, Cyborg, we would have been the main (laughs) event. I'm telling you right now, me and her would have gone around the way. I would have loved to have fought her, but I came just a little bit too late for the MMA, but was doing it a long time before. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. Just, I'm a fighter. I want to be able to fight any angle on the ground, standing up from the back. I mean, you know, I I got, you got to come at me on all sides. So for the last 30 years, I have been doing mixed martial arts, but I'm a striking coach. I'm a master pugilist. So striking is my forte and my love. You didn't get to compete in MMA, but did you ever compete in jujitsu tournaments? No, I didn't because I had kids. (sighs) So, at that time, I've got a son uh, and I have a daughter that's four years younger. So I put them into jujitsu and I ended up being an assistant jujitsu coach. So I owned my own MMA gym from 2012 to 2022. And with my jujitsu coaches, I learned by helping them. So I would roll with them and they would teach me. I would roll with the adult class, just jumping in there and, and doing the damn thing. So I did help with the kids class. So but I didn't compete because, like I said, I was a mom. Mm-hmm. I had a school teaching classes. So I didn't get to do it. And to be honest with you, I have fake boobs and I have a titanium knee. And when I get really in hardcore situations, I have like boob tap outs. So if you twist my boob and I have a boob tap out and I can't do full butterfly guard, I can't do full side control, my knee flexibility and mobility is a little bit limited. So when it gets into a real fight situation, I'm a little bit handicapped in a couple of areas. So that's why I just like to train. I don't want to get into it and Mm -hmm. have my boobs ripped out. That is just too expensive. So (laughs) it's probably a good choice. So, yeah, because and because of that, um, I didn't want to compete because I couldn't do it 100 percent. But but my daughter competed. My son wrestled a little bit. So I was a coach mom for the my kids that grappled and did jujitsu. How nerve wracking was it to uh, to be a coach on the side for your kids? You know what? It it was awesome. It was not nerve wracking because I'm one of those hit him hard, break his arm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little too emotional. So for me, I was there. I'm a coach. I am 100% coach. I'm a USA boxing coach, by the way. So I was licensed by USA boxing, but I'm, I'm a driver. I'm driving you hard. I want to be there. I want to be your support system. I want to be your motivation, your dedication. So for me, and plus I was a cheerleader. So I was all American cheerleader in high school. So I'm cheering from the sides for all my coaches and kids. So it wasn't nerve wracking. I'm driving them and I know they're tough. I know they're ready. You know, I would never coach someone or have anyone on the mat that wasn't ready. And these kids, you know, sometimes I would tell them they're not ready yet. Therefore, that took the nerves out. So if they trained with me and their coach, we'd push them hard in the gym and there's no nerves there. We're just there to love them. We're just getting a whole bunch of loving and, and motivation. So it's, it's very beautiful to be able to coach the kids. So what led to the decision to open your own gym? I just got divorced and moved back from Los Angeles and Arkansas. I had my knee surgery and one of my coaches, Jeff Gibson, he runs boxing and martial arts schools down here in South Florida. 
he called me. He's also from Arkansas. And he said, Shannon, I have an opportunity for you here. I have all this gym equipment. I got to close the gym down. I want you to come here. I'm going to give you all this equipment. And I want you to start at the gym now. Let's work off the percentage. I'll teach you how to run everything. And boy, I was sure looking for a reason to get the heck out of Arkansas again. I was like, dude, I'm down. So I packed up my kids and, and moved back to New Smyrna. And he shipped all of his stuff up to me and started, we opened a gym. So that's how that started. It was a gift from one of my other coaches. And that's wow. how that started and was doing it for 10 years off and on ever since. What are one or two things you think you learned from running your own gym for 10 years that kind of surprised you? You know, you think if you run a gym that you're going to be able to train a lot. And one of the things I learned is that you don't get to do shit. Mm -hmm. So you're running your gym and you're constantly serving others. So when I'm there, I can't get a workout in because I'm helping someone else work out. You know, if I got the gym open, I'm trying to train somebody comes in. I am also a coach. I'm an instructor. I'm an owner. So I didn't get to train. I got really out of shape. It is a business. So that business is a business. So I was surprised that how much time that it took, you know, and you're exhausted at the end of the day. But like I said, I was a good owner and a good coach. I gave everything that I had to everyone else. So I am a people pleaser, probably to a fault. But unfortunately, I did want to roll more. I did want to train more, but I was always helping other people. So I think that's what you're supposed to do. But it did take away from me getting to train. But that also contributed into me getting put into the Hall of Fame this last month. So you have to have 30 years in the arts as a fighter and as a coach. And if I didn't own the school and wasn't a coach, I wouldn't have got my 30 years out of the experience. Oh, wow. So that 10 years, you know, after the 20 years of competing off and on, got me that Hall of Fame. So I guess as a martial artist, we're supposed to learn, but we're also supposed to give back. When you get to a certain point, you're supposed to give it away. You're supposed to give give it away and help others and teach others. And I really did it organically and with all the love in my heart to help other people. That's what martial arts is supposed to be. So fighters are fighters and you can have an ego and you can just be competitive. But as a martial artist, we are supposed to give back and help other people. So that enabled me to do that. So talk a little bit about that Hall of Fame induction. You know, Where did that take place? Did you actually get to go to, was there a ceremony for that or how did that? Yeah, yeah, it was great. My coach, David Kreitz, uh, that started teaching Muay Thai, this was, I think it was in 95, uh, we kept in touch throughout all the years, and he actually put my name into the USMAHOF. Yeah, USMAHOF. Anyway, he put a bid in for me, and also Jeff Gibson, my other coach in Florida that coached me in boxing, had put my name in for it because a coach has to nominate you. So they both put my name in there, and after two coaches put in, then they do a background check, and they you know get in touch with you and see if you like the award. And so that's how that came about from my two coaches nominating me for this. And I didn't think about it because I'm like, well, I don't do really karate or type. You think when you think martial arts, you think mm -hmm. karate, taekwondo, I'm not a black belt in anything, kempo, whatever. I'm just like MMA, mixed martial arts, had my own gym and they loved it. And they said, this is what you've done and how many people you've helped and yourself and your titles. I was the first woman to ever box in Madison Square Garden. So wow. I made a little bit of history there in 1998 and first tough woman world champion. But all of those boxing things was from a kickboxing training. Mm -hmm. So they asked me all of these things and I've got my coaches, my other coach, Ruben Morales, he passed away. It was a really unfortunate situation a couple of years ago, but I had three really, really good coaches uh, here in Florida and they verify how long I've trained, what type of training, the competitions that followed. So I won a national tournament. I won a world championship. So I qualified for the Hall of Fame, which is the most humbling thing in the world. And I'm so happy to be in a company of all these badass fighters that were there. And it 
it wasn't just the Miyagi martial arts, they're world champion jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. guys, world champion kickboxers. So martial arts really has taken on a new form nowadays. So I think mixed martial arts is a beautiful thing, but you got to have that honor and integrity as a martial artist to be really respected uh, as far as that martial arts hall of fame stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What, what an honor. Thank you. Yeah, I, I got I got the scars to prove it. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> That's good. It's okay. Yes, I'm blessed. So, so think back to when you first opened your school and, and all the way through it. What do you think changed about your teaching style and your, your coaching style over that period of time? Uh, It's awesome because, you know, via the internet and YouTube, you know, you're always wanting to do continued learning and improving yourself. And, you know, when you're teaching someone, uh, like I said, I had really good jiu-jitsu instructors. Uziel Santana is my jiu-jitsu instructor. He's on the Brazilian Olympic wrestling team, black belt. We're with Arte Suave Milnar in Brazil. Uh, I have really, really good coaches that have came and challenged me. And we would always get in situations where students would ask certain questions and I would be the one to always go home and just look up certain situations, striking techniques, you know, jujitsu, grappling situations. I was constantly looking things up to be able to provide the students with the correct answer, with the correct form. And in doing so, that made me learn so, so, so much. So, you know, everything evolves and changes. Boxing is a little bit, you know, the basic stuff, you know, in boxing, but the training techniques evolve and grow and change. So for me as a fighter was one thing, but for me as a coach, I'm like, wow, I wish I would have known all of these techniques and everything as a fighter for me to use, you know, and plus, you know, the shots to the head, you know, all this stuff. I didn't really know the damage it could cause. I would have wore my headgear more. So I learned so much. So there's the other thing, trying to help other people made me a better fighter and coach. So it became wanting to give, you know, the students something safe to do, not to put them in harm's way, to make sure they're healthy enough to train. You know, I'm a specialist in sports nutrition now. So I want to make sure, you know, if there's some, if they're not eating right, if they don't have the right nutrition, if they're dehydrated, I have to give them the right electrolytes. So in trying to help my students, it made me a great coach. I continued learning online looking everything up, research, research, research. So that put me in that position and made me a a great teacher because I was still a student. So I think the best teachers remain students and continue learning. So that's where I think I did good by my students. I gave them the best that I could and not just what I knew when I was a fighter, but the cutting edge technology, the science, proven stuff, everything was up to date that I gave my students. So they trusted me. They trusted me. So then you you said that you ran the school through 2022. Now, did someone else take it Mm -hmm. over or did you end up having to close it down or? Uh, Well, the the last one I I sold, I had Gladiator Arena, um, my first school. And I, and see, here's something else. Yeah, I had that for two years. I was training one of my MMA guys and he was 205 pounds and we we were sparring. I was trying to show him something grapple wise and he took me down and my head got slammed on the corner of the octagon and I got a horrific concussion. I was hurt really, really bad and I had to close the school down. I didn't have anyone to teach for me. So I was concussed really, really bad. I mean, it was my eyes were crossed for probably a month. It was it was pretty bad. I didn't know if I was ever going to be normal again. So I had to just take anyway. So I had to close that gym. But then I came back, opened another open knockout artist fight club, uh, my nonprofit gym. I opened that one. 
I think that was open for two years. My son had a mental health emergency. We had to move out of state to get him the right kind of help. I sold that to a friend. They kept it going for a while, which is good. The building ended up being condemned and they didn't have a place to train. So one more time, when I did the ESPN Gladiator documentary a few years ago, the pay was really, really good. I got like 15 grand for a day's worth of ESPN. Go ESPN. So I was able to basically open up another gym, knock out our fight club. And that one, same thing, two years. And then a freaking Hurricane Ian came and completely shut us down. Completely. So I am the two-year... Two year wonder. So, but, but anyway, during those times, I've had students and I would do personal training or private lessons with students from the other gyms. So I kind of kept it going remotely. But yeah, our whole, it was Volusia County was underwater. So we couldn't recover from that. And I was like, man, this is, this sucks, you know. But during that time, you know, we had champion jujitsu kids and, and, you know, people fighting on TV and managing. So I had beautiful experiences with my gym. So I, I wouldn't trade a thing. We had champions coming out of there. That was my goal. No mm. one got hurt. People lost weight. So I, I take a lick and keep on ticking, let me tell you. So nice. that's what happened with that. But money, you got to have the investment. You got to have a security blanket. I didn't have that. I had to shut it down. Now I'm in Miami Beach and I actually have a huge interview with UFC Gym on Friday. Nice. So for personal trainer and coach. So it's a real job, real benefits. I don't think I've ever had a real job. So <laughs> so I'm up for to be uh, work for UFC this next Next weekend. So I'll, I'll keep you posted and let you know if I got the job. Definitely. So yeah. Good luck. That, yes. would, that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I, I actually have a friend who used to work at the UFC gym in, in Vegas and he, he, loved Ooh, he, he worked there nice. long, long enough to build up his clientele until he could open his own. So, oh my goodness, that's yeah. fantastic! Congratulations yeah. to him. That's great. Good luck. Hopefully, you, now if you got that opportunity again, would you ever want to open your own again? Or um, it would have to be someone that wants to invest in it. Definitely, you know, I always did it just with my own money. But if I have a good investor that had you know good financial backing that could pay me a salary instead of the stress of me having to hold everything together, I I would love to teach. Yeah, I, I know how to run a gym. I love to teach. I love the kids. I do love that part of it. So if I was offered a salary on that end of it, yes. But when you put everything into something and you just lose it, I don't have the heart to invest my own yeah. money again. Um, I just done it. Like I said, it was great journey. So yeah, if someone wants me to run their gym, but but I'm in Miami now. I love it here. So it had to be in Miami Beach, Miami area. But you know what? Yeah, it, it's. It, I've had two people contact me since my martial arts induction about opening a gym. My husband, Matteo, is the heavyweight boxing champion from Italy, and he's here nice. training. And also, he's under development with WWE now. He's a big, strong, good-looking dude. And so people have contacted us. Oh, you guys could kill it. You're both world champion boxers. But, you know, there's not much money in it. He's got WWE he's looking at. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at a good salary from UFC. I'm, you know, retired somewhat now. I just like to make money and just chill, you know, for a while. So, so yeah, it's just another journey and, um, but I'm going right back into another gym with martial artists. So I'll be very happy. This gym is a UFC fit. So it's a huge, huge gym. It's got, you know, the jiu-jitsu, it's got a big octagon, it's UFC fit. So it's more like a performance center. Mm Mm-hmm. So this place is in Doral. It's like a performance center. It's huge. So this is where the kind of the fighters go to get their weight loss, to do better. So it's a little bit different structure of a gym. So I am I am stoked. So I love challenge. I love to grow. I love to change and just be around fighters and martial artists. That is who I am. And 
God keeps putting me in good places to change people's lives. I'm pulling for you. I hope you get it. Thanks. Thank you. I want to back up a little bit because obviously the, the whole reason I found you is because I was a huge Gladiators fan. Right on. And yeah, and I'm, uh, you're only a few years older than me. I'm, I'm, I'll, be, I'm, I'll be 50 in a few months. So I, mean, All I, right. you know, I, I was, you know, teenager into, into early 20s watching American Gladiators growing and just loved it from episode uh, one. It was huge back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. So just talk a little bit about that and kind of how that came about. When I moved to Dallas uh, with my crazy boyfriend in 1993, I guess it was, we split up. I started in the bodybuilding and just on a whim, I tried out for the Gladiators show. I think it was in going towards Houston. I tried out after a bodybuilding show just just for the hell of it. And I made it. They called me two weeks later. You know, you scored top 10 out of 150 girls and we would love to have you on the show, blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, they flew me to LA as a contender. So I was flown there for six weeks to get ready for the show as a contender. And while I was training, I was just killing it. I was sparring, the, not sparring, excuse me. I was doing the games with the girl gladiators and I'm just a big, strong country chick. Okay. <laughs> this, these are not steroid muscles. My stuff is natural, real, and and I'm just, I'm just crazy, right? So my strength, I am so strong, Brian. I am definitely one of the strongest women. If you got a hold of me somehow, my strength is scary because it's natural. I was raised on a farm. I've been digging taters since I was three years old, <laughs> riding Broncos, breaking horses. And I just kept it going with the weights and the strength training. And I'm very, very, very strong. So when I started doing these games against the gladiator girls, most of them were just actresses and bodybuilders. So, you know, they have the kind of this doing the juice a little bit and so when it came to like tug of war I was yanking them off like crazy and just pulling them down and I'm a fighter you know I'm just strong and mm -hmm. anyway so after a couple of weeks of that the producer I think it was Brian Gadinsky at the time pulled me out there and said Shannon and he said well this isn't working out very well I'm like well, what do you mean this isn't working I'm killing it what are you talking about he said well the dynamics of this doesn't look very good. And we would like to offer you a job as a gladiator if you would like to take on a job instead of a contender. And it's like, I was like, are you serious? They're like, nice. yes, we would like for you to be a new gladiator if you'd be interested. So I took that and just my whole life changed. So my whole life changed and I was put on as an alternate. So they only could have six girls at a time. The reason why I didn't get to do more TV shows is because I was an alternate. So those two years, I think it went from six girls to five girls and I was just right there. But during the summers, I was doing the live shows and taking all the hits and they were, I was, I was the grunt. Mm -hmm. So they put me, you know, jousting the men and they're like, let's kill Shannon, you know, the, the little bitch. So <laughs> they, they were so mean to me, but, you know, trying to break me. But what it did, Brian, it made me so strong. So mm -hmm. they gave me the hard jobs, the hard contenders, the rough stuff. And it just made me a beast. And I loved every second of it. And then once they got to know my heart, we are so close now. Me and the girls are like sisters and just so close to this day. Lori, the girl that's ice, is like mm -hmm. my best friend. We talk all the time. Ray Hollett is also one of my closest. We stay in touch. And nice. all of us girls talk to each other. So they fell in love with me and my heart. And we just got close. And then the live show in Florida where I finally got to be a starter. So in 95, I think, is when the live show was in Florida. And I finally got to be a starter. So I made it. It was pretty cool. That was like the whole dinner club thing right it was a yeah. dinner show yeah. and that that chicken down there was so 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 good <laughs> we were all down the chicken just protein 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 just nice. just right in that fridge it was delicious we had such a good time doing that show definitely got to give a shout out to Lori because she's the one who 
I actually just, I was reaching out to random, you know, gladiators and stuff like that. Like, hey, do you have martial arts background? And, and Lori's the one like, you need to talk to Shannon. <laughs> so she's, oh, she's the one who told yes. me to reach out to you. She's like, she'd probably love to do your podcast. So thank you, Lori. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad she told me to reach out to you. Oh, I have to tell her thank you. Yeah, absolutely. She was, she was right. She was my wingman the whole time. We had such a great time together. I just love her to death. Nice. So what was your favorite uh, game in gladiators to compete on? I like the conquer. I love wrestling. I okay. like that one-on-one and come and get it, baby. I just love that. Grab me. Let me slam your shit down and just try to rip me out of there. I love that. Joust was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, the tools were one thing. But when you're one-on-one and can grab somebody, I'm a scrapper. I, I, I love that part of it. I love being scared somebody's going to pull me out. I, I figured out just with me and the, my dynamics of my brain, I'm not good unless I'm really, really pushed hard and stressed and pushed. So I like to be scared because it, it makes me great. My, my body responds. I'm a good athlete. I'm a good fighter. And for some reason, I was born to do this stuff. I was born to fight, born to grapple, born to wrestle, and it's something natural inside of me. It's always it's always been there. And I think also the respect that I have for my opponents. I'm not a hater. I, I love doing this. And the girls that got in front of me were such good athletes. Mm-hmm. Peggy Odita was one that fucking knocked me on my ass in the joust <laughs> one time. I went flying. I'm like, wow, where did that come from? But she was an Olympic track athlete. She got a good shot, and I think she's probably the, hit me the hardest more than anybody in the boxing was Peggy Odita, so I got to give shout-out to Peggy. But anyway, standing in front of these beautiful athletes just made me feel so fortunate, but it made me feel like I needed to step up, too. So the conquer, when you're crouched on your knee and there's a million people around you, you're looking in the eyeballs of somebody else, man, that's where it's right there, baby. That's where it's intense and mano y mano, yeah. mano y mano right there. I love that. Test my heart, baby. That's where I'm going to come out the best. So do you think then if the show American Ninja Warrior would have been out back then, you would have probably tried to be a contestant on there? Um, You know what? They reached out to me to be a contender on the show. They did? Okay. <laughs> they did. They reached out to me and said, hey, we bought, you were a, a contestant. You want to get zapped. You know, we saw you climb stuff. You're great. And I said, you know what? I said, sure. I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, I've had knee surgery. I said, so do you guys have insurance? I said, if I, if I wreck this knee again, would you guys cover the surgery? And they said, no. I said, you mean you guys don't have insurance to cover your athletes? And they don't. Everybody that gets on that show has to cover their own ass. I said, you've got to be kidding me. They're like, no. So the gladiators, when I tore my knee during the conquer, Mm -hmm. or excuse me, during the breakthrough, of course, knee surgery right away. Yeah, they paid for it. But yeah, Ninja Warriors said they couldn't do it. So I said, sorry, I cannot risk that and not be able to walk again. You guys not fix my leg. Are you crazy? So the people that do that, they're going to have their own insurance. I wonder if it's still so. like that. I wonder if that's changed as it's gotten bigger. I'm cu- I, I'd love to find out now. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when they told me that, I'm like, wow, that sucks. And it's like, yeah, everybody just does it on their own risk. And I'm like, okay, well, not me. I said, could you make an exception? You know, <laughs> if you want to you know, get a celebrity on there, could you cover my knee? Because look at everything. I mean, that would be the only thing that I would be concerned about. Yeah. You know, just all the slipping and the jumping and the impact that I was going to do it. They said, yeah, I was going to do it. But I said, no, I'm sorry, dude, I can't. Dang, that would have been cool. But okay. yeah, I, I love the show. I love the concept. And that's our Eliminator right there. That yep. show was like our Eliminator, but they made it into something beautiful. Yeah. So I love Ninja Warrior. They're awesome athletes. That's awesome. And I actually, I went to a taping of that with my son when he was still in high school. And, and uh, it was fun to see it in person because I've been a fan of that show too. So I, I don't know. I, I love those kind of shows. They're fun to watch. So. 
Yeah, but you know why? Because they're great athletes. The mm-hmm. people that get that far, they usually have beautiful hearts. They're so dedicated, and you just want to cheer them on all the time. Because if they're selected, there's something special about that person. That's what I love about those shows, too. So the people involved. Definitely. So now, obviously, with, with the two documentaries that have come out now in the last you know six months, American Gladiators is now, I mean, it's always been there. It's, it's never gone away completely, but it's so much more popular now. It's kind of had this resurgence of popularity. Yeah. So there's rumors of it possibly coming back. So if it were to come back and they were to call and say, you know, Hey, do you want to be, would you be involved in somehow, you know, maybe not as a gladiator, but maybe as a, a co-host or, or a coach or something, would you, would you want to be involved in that again, if given the chance? Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's changed my life. And I'm, I'm still Dallas to everybody. That show was so strong and powerful. And I got to do the ESPN documentary, um, like the West Coast Glads did the Netflix one and the East Coast Glads did the, uh, <laughs> the documentary. So I did that one. And, you know, there was talk about that. And we just we're all just family. Mm-hmm. So if it did revamp or get going again, you know, I wouldn't do it for free. But hey, right. <laughs> You know, if, if I'm Dallas and you want me there, give me a little payday and, and, I, and I'll make y'all's day. So absolutely. We just because we just we're never going to let go of it. It's going to be a part of our lives forever. And they need to make up for that horrible 2008 version. That wasn't that good. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was that? <laughs> it, I got so excited, but it's like Hulk Hogan, seriously. I mean, Layla Ali was cool, but Hulk Hogan, no. Well, I, that messed up the <laughs> dynamics. And, and we were actually yeah. there, me and Lori Zap and Ice, we, we were there and they invited us to watch some of the tapings and mm-hmm. we watched it. And then they, when they messed up during a game, they would restart it. So it wasn't even... <sighs> real some really? of it might have been but we saw like when one of the girls dropped her i won't say who dropped her jowl stick oh cut cut start over like what start over and we were like wow this sucks yeah. it was completely different wasn't like before the gladiators didn't even train some of them mm-hmm. they just brought them in that day and stuck them in a uniform and anyway we were very disappointed because we were going to be fans of the show and there to help the girls in the training and it wasn't even about the training mm-hmm. So for us, it was different and we were disappointed, but, you know, made some friends, but you can't have the hosts outshining the gladiators and contenders and to have Layla and, you know, Terry there like that, they're getting all the attention instead of the contenders or the gladiators. So the dynamics were a little bit messed up. So unfortunately it didn't go, but you know, they tried and we'll see. Fingers crossed for coming back in the next year or two and said, bring, bring yeah. back, bring back the OG gladiators to train a new generation of gladiators and make that part of the show. It'd be cool. Yes. I'm, I'm down. Absolutely. I'm down. So I know you, you've kind of been involved in MMA and you've trained in MMA and you mentioned being an expert in sports nutrition. So I'm curious, kind of a little controversial topic in the world of MMA. What are your thoughts on weight cutting and the way it's done and, and the MMA. I, I used to judge MMA, so I, I saw that a lot and was around that. And, and I, I have my, my kind of thoughts. And I'm just curious, what are what are your thoughts on, on the weight cutting and the way it's done that way? Well, I mean, it's always going to be a part of, of being a fighter. You got to mm-hmm. cut weight. A part of actually being a fighter, you have to be able to, to do that. You know, you got to be able to cut weight. You got to be able to take the heat. There's things as a component that uh, professional fighters have to be able to do. Uh, you know, to get the best, you know, that they can out of you. So as long as it's done safely, okay, because I'm actually a weight cut specialist. So fighters throw me 150 bucks, give me three weeks out, and I cut weight for fighters. I've never missed, I've never missed a weight. So I know how to do it safely and with the supplements and to make sure, you know, it goes along with their training, that they have the energy. So I actually do that. So I think it's great if it's done safely. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, if you're trying to lose 20 pounds in four days, you don't eat, you're going to sign up. Of course, you're going to freaking pass out and you're not going to have any energy. So as long as it's monitored, 
and done professionally, absolutely 100%. So I think it's important because you got people that can cut weight, you know, that's like maybe 185 pounds that are fighting at 155, 160. That's a bigger fighter. You know, it's a whole different, (laughs) it's a whole different weight division against someone that's not cut that weight with fat weight on it. So I think it's important. And I think if it's done safely, yeah, my ex-husband was a wrestler and he cut so severely, it kind of messed up his uh, not hormones. What is it? Thyroid. Oh, so okay. when you do it as a young guy, these young kids now, they now as a young kid, no, I don't think that that's good. I don't mm. think extreme weight cut for younger adults. That's not good. It does mess up your thyroid. It can give you eating disorders. So you got to be really careful with that. But for adults, if it's done with a professional like myself, it's all right. Would you be a fan of, I know they've talked about it over the years and never actually done it, but would you be a fan of same day weigh-ins for like the UFC type stuff? Same day. No, I don't think so because okay. they need that rehydration. They need the rehydration. They need the carbs because if they do that, I think I think it would really affect the quality of the fights. Yeah. I don't think it would be safe. There's a reason that there's a day before they need rest, hydration, electrolyte replacement, and you need your carbs back up there. So yeah, I don't think same day is, is a good idea. Same day like they do that for jujitsu because the weight cuts aren't that severe. Right. So jits, they do the weigh in and then they put you in the category and it's but it's not like MMA. So they need that twenty four hour recovery period. 100%. Okay. So in all yep. your years of martial arts, fitness, boxing, everything you've been involved in, is there one philosophy you've learned that just stands out? It's at the top of your list. You keep coming back to it. Uh, yes, there is. The most humble fighters are the best fighters. And I, I know there's an aspect of selling tickets and talking shit or whatever, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the very best martial artists, fighters, boxers are the most humble people. So your level of kindness and humility is the yin to your yang of your badassness. So it's like, don't talk shit, just train. That humility aspect is is huge because if you don't humble yourself, you're going to get humbled. And getting humble can sometimes stop people's careers and mess them up not to be able to compete again. So stay humble or else you're going to get humbled. So there's always somebody bigger, better, faster, stronger. Just stay humble and stay in the learning zone as long as you can because, you know, you can be the best for a minute, but in one day, out the next, stay humble so you can stay into the arts. And and it's not just about you. It's about helping other people. So stay humble. I like or that. be humbled. <laughs> hey, yeah. there, that's a good, a good way to put it. All right. Yeah. Now, now this one I've had people give as, as few as two and as many as eight. So it doesn't have to be four. Who are like three, four, five names you would put on your personal Mount Rushmore of martial arts? Oh gosh. Mixed martial artists? Anyone. Like you MMA? Want, it, it can be MMA. It can be traditional. It can be boxing. It's completely up to you. The, the oh, three, four, well, five people well, that you just think belong up there. Well, my favorites, and for and for huge different reasons, of course, Bruce Lee. There's nice. a reason why he's the best. There's a reason why there's still so many posters in his philosophies. He was just so before his time. So Bruce Lee is top. And I love Mike Tyson. I am some Mike Tyson girl right there. Nice. So Iron Mike, he is for real. And just his philosophies that have come out of his experiences is amazing. He's helping people now. He's turned over. He's amazing. So Bruce Lee, Mike Tyson, uh, let me think think i mean those are my top two things as far as mixed martial arts i love conor mcgregor <laughs> so, <laughs> really? i love okay. some conor i i mean i'm irish right so yeah. i love some conor mcgregor but what he did and for the sport carrying the two belts he had a lot of hard fights so when he was during his era he did so many things and you know granted you know you never know how you're going to act unless you walk in another man's shoes mm-hmm. so you know he's very flamboyant very emotional and um 
you know, maybe went a little overboard, but the money he made second to none, what he did second to none. So, you know, he's taken a lot of hits and he's done now. So Connor's done, but what he did, nobody can match that. Okay. And I hate to say it, but I sure, I sure miss some Ronda Rousey. Hey, I (laughs) I agree. I agree. You know, you, she's the one you love to hate. And, but what she did for women's MMA. And I swear when that song, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. (laughs) I get chills every time. But you got, you know, you got to look, and there's my top four fighters. They they don't last forever. Your body and your mind can only go through so much for Mm -hmm. so long. So you have to look at a fighter for what they did when they were on top, when they were title holders at that time. You can't say, oh, she's a has-been. She got knocked out two or three times. Yeah, but look what she did up to that point. Yeah. Up to that point was awesome. So they're they are my top four. Yeah, Miss Amarna Rousey. I am. Nice. I can't think of anybody uh, at their at their level. They're my faves. Hey, that's four good ones. Me and Red actually. I interviewed Red yesterday. Oh, right on. Yeah, and me and Red. He brought up Ronda too, and we talked about Ronda, and and we both had the same thing. That if if she would have got it out of her head that her her boyfriend or husband was a good striking coach and actually went to a good striking coach. She would have retired undefeated, no doubt in either of our minds. She just, well, he was but, not but a good striker. The problem striker. is, it wasn't her striking. She had a glass jaw, bro. It wasn't yeah. her striking. She couldn't take a hit. I don't know if you can actually, you know, make your, I think as a fighter, I, I don't know if that would have been like forever, but it takes a while to be able to learn how to box. Oh, yeah. And your body has to be conditioned to getting hit in the head. She didn't have any of that experience. And if you look, her boxing was actually beautiful. It was good. It could have been. Great. I watched could, her coaching. Could, I think it could have been better. I, I was. It's I, good. Yeah. But, but the problem is she didn't have a job. Yeah. She got knocked the fuck out. I mean, for yeah. real, hardcore, yeah. like yep. good strikers. It wasn't her boxing. It was her endurance, pain tolerance. She didn't have all those muscles in her neck. You know, they were for choking, but not for having your jaw twist when you take hooks and stuff. She couldn't take it. Yeah. So her not putting those years towards the striking hurt her because her head wasn't conditioned to take it. She went out, glass jaw. She had a glass jaw, unfortunately. What do you so think of got- rumors of her making a comeback? In MMA? Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Stay, stay in the WWE <laughs> or get on the mats, do some JITS tournaments or something. Do not put your little glass jaw back in the middle of that ring. <laughs> I mean, if she's going to get paid less. 10 million to yeah. walk in and fight somebody hell yeah but girl go for the takedown immediately go for the takedown go don't the try to stand bar. a strike with anybody arm bar yep. yes she had the best in the world stick with what yes. you know and pretend yeah she better go in there and not box so if she makes a comeback she better not be trying to strike anybody that's all i got to say you go ronda so go. yeah but I'm, i i got her back she's cool but stay off your feet I have a few fun questions to wrap it up here. Okay. First one, do you have a favorite martial arts book? Martial arts book. The only martial arts book that I've had was uh, Jeet Kune Do. Ah, Tao of Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee. Okay. Yep, Tao of Jeet Kune Do, yes. That one's picked very often, so that's a good pick. Yeah, I remember. I think that's the only one I ever bought. So that's got that's a great foundation for strikers, for sure. Nice. All right, now this one, you're, you're, you're around my age, so I'm hoping you'll have a good one for this one. How about a favorite martial arts video game? Did you ever get into video games at all? Martial arts video game. Uh, let's see. What is the one? Mortal Kombat. Nice. Yes, because there's chicks in there that kick ass. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Yes. How about a favorite martial arts TV show? Martial arts TV show. Oh, what's the one out? What's the one out now? The Cobra Kai, baby. Ah, Yes, Cobra Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai all day long. Yes. 
I love it. Yes. I, I watch it with my daughter. Whenever a new season comes out, we plan it. And a month before, we'll rewatch the previous seasons and then watch the new one. And so much fun. It's great. It's because we saw the, um, what's his name? The blonde when he was in the Karate Kid movie. Now he's all like trashed out. Oh, yeah. William Zapka. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I love to watch him just get all messed up. I love it. That's funny. Yeah. His scenes are some of the funniest. He's got just, you know, stuck in the 80s. And it's, it's a good actor. Yeah. Really he's, good he's actor. A great actor. And it's just yes. great writing. Just such a good story in that. Yes. The, martial, the martial arts are kind of cheesy. But I love the nostalgia. I love the cheesiness. I love the comedy. It's just so much fun. Sometimes yes. you just need fun. Yes, and it's that. It's lighthearted and it's good. And yeah, you got to be able to laugh at yourself every once in a while, especially as a martial artist. It's good. Yes. All right. How about a favorite martial arts movie? Martial arts movie. You know what? I, I like old Bruce Lee films. Yeah. So I, I just like to go back and just, Wah! when I hear that, it just makes me want to go train. So I just, anything Bruce Lee, old school. Because, I mean, I don't know. I don't, to me, there's there's no other equal to that. I mean, it's where it all began. And he's mm-hmm. just, no, no one has topped him. So he's just the best. The best. Enter the Dragon is still the you know highest grossing martial arts movie of all time. I love it. It came out I in seventy three. That says a lot. Wow. See what I mean? Yep. That's it. Yep. That's it. All right. This one doesn't have to be a martial arts movie. It can be. It doesn't have to be just a favorite movie fight scene. Favorite movie fight scene. Uh, let's see. Anything goes. I like blood sport. Anything. Van, nice. Van Damme's fight scenes are fantastic. Blood nice. sport. I mean, you put the splits, you put the blood, the van, and I just love, I love all of it. Van Damme did really, really, really good with the fight scenes and the blood and the slow motion and the yep. characters that, that big, thick Chinese dude that is in all the martial arts. I just, I oh, love that. Bullion. So blood sport, yep. <laughs> you yeah. bet blood sport and the platform. And it's just awesome. I love the camera angles. He did such, such a good job. Blood sport. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So final martial arts related question. Now you had mentioned that uh, you, you never got to like fight in the UFC or anything like you kind of wanted to wear MMA yourself. So I'm kind of curious. So if you would have, what would your MMA walk-up song have been? Ooh, good question. Good question. Um, I believe, let's see, especially now after I've been through everything, probably titanium. Nice. But titanium, I because just I'm bulletproof. I mean, knock me down. I have been knocked down more than anybody that I know, and I just have it in me to keep getting up. I've been very blessed to be strong-willed, strong body, strong mind, and it's very natural. And it's like I use all the negativity to turn it around and fuel me for my comeback. So I am the comeback queen, baby. So just because you knock me down once, it don't mean shit. I'll be back to kick your ass in the next round. <laughs> nice. And, and I'm betting money now after we're done talking, you're going to go make that your ringtone, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's already my ringtone. <laughs> nice. There we go. Awesome. Oh, yeah. It's very, very motivating song. I love it. I love that answer. So the next, yeah, the next time you can like coming up, you can put the titanium on and it's Shannon Dallas Hall and I got a titanium knee. So it's actually true. I am titanium. It's in my body and in my blood. So there we go. Well, Shannon, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I'm so glad that Lori told me to reach out to you. This has been so thank much you. fun. I love learning about you and definitely good luck with your interview. And hopefully you get the, the UFC job. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Obviously thank good. you to the martial, fan, martial arts fans out there. Appreciate yes. all the support. Thank you. Well, you're definitely good at what you do and you're passionate about it. And that's, those are two very important things. And hopefully that'll, that'll come through in your interview and they'll be like, yeah, we, ha- we have to get her in here. That'll be awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you, Brian. But once again, seriously, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I can't wait till this episode comes out, and I I think people are going to love it. Awesome. And thank you for having me. Your, Your show's fantastic. 
Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you'll join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.